evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. And you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key out of Newton, Georgia, home of Southern Sports. This is episode 715, just in case you're keeping score at home. It is Wednesday night, as promised. I'm doing a live show every Monday and Wednesday nights, and I'm excited about this show. On the show today, Damian Lillard gets traded to the Bucks. Michigan State finally fires Mel Tucker, and I'm going to have my 2023 NBA season preview show. Let's go. All right. Before I get into the show, I just want to say that last night on the Georgia Alabama Sports live show with Thrift Behringer, it was very good, and uh, we had a great time doing the show. You can catch a replay of that show on WQEE. I aired part one yesterday. Part two is going to air today, so you want to check that out. Also, don't forget, we are going to be at Russell County on Friday for high school game day as Valley taking on Russell County. I'm going to be calling that game on Georgia Alabama Sports Live. Thrift Barringer and Rick Beach of Kutsu Sports is going to be calling Sandy Creek and Harris County up in Hamilton, Georgia. And I do want to say, as I talk about high school football, I am really excited about watching tomorrow's Week 7 preview on Fox 54 for Friday Night Lights with Dave Plata. It is just a breath of fresh air to see Dave Plata covering high school football once again. Does a great job with St. Ampicelli. Him and Thrip Berenger were phenomenal on Viking Live last week. And I really am looking forward to Thursday mornings, 7.30 in the morning, and catching a replay on Fox 54's Facebook channel of Friday Night Lights with Dave Plata. It is incredible. It's like if you look at uh, Boomer's Fastest Three Minutes, Chris Berman on ESPN, It's kind of like that. It's just a three-minute just capsule of everything high school football related in the Chattahoochee Valley. Very informative show, and I look forward to seeing it. All right, well, let's talk about the big trade that happened yesterday in the NBA. Huge trade that is going to catapult these teams. As I actually went through my over and under, might have to change some of the teams. The Milwaukee Bucks get Damian Lillard, but it costed them a little bit. The Portland Trailblazers get Drew Holiday. They also got DeAndre Ayton from the Phoenix Suns, so this was a three-team trade. Tsunami Kamara and the 2029 first-round picks that the Bucks are going to swap with the Blazers. The Suns get... Joseph Nurkic from the Blazers, Nasir Little, Keon Johnson, and Grayson Allen. The Milwaukee Bucks are going to be the favorites in the East now. Damian Lillard paired up with Chris Middleton. When he's healthy, Chris Middleton is going to be a great number three to Giannis and Damian Lillard. Now you have two superstars. You have two top five players that are playing on the same team. I know one person that's happy that Damian Lillard went to the Bucks, and that's Bobby Z. I had to text him right away when I heard about the trade. I know he's excited. He posted on Facebook. 
I think the Milwaukee Bucks, they have to be the favorites to come out of the East now because they have Dame time. What does that mean for the Portland Trailblazers? Well, the Blazers got a very good defensive guard in Drew Holiday. When healthy, he is still one of the top defensive guards in this league. And the Portland Trailblazers are going to be fine. They got size with DeAndre Ayton, and they also got Scoot Henderson. I think that Scoot Henderson, the number three overall pick in the 2023 NBA draft, is going to have a decent rookie year for the Blazers. What do the Phoenix Suns get? Well, it doesn't really matter because the Suns already have Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, and Devin Booker. So they got some pieces to go along. They got a scrappy player in Grayson Allen. Uh, this is really shaking up the NBA world. As I get into my NBA preview show, I'm going to have that later on in the show. But we have to get to the news that Mel Tucker has been fired at Michigan State. This has been official. We all know about the allegations. I'm hoping that they don't surface and they are not true. Look, Mel Tucker. They wanted to find an excuse to get rid of him and not have to pay that buyout. He finishes at Michigan State with a 20-14 and 14 record. Look, he got that big extension, a 10-year, $95 million contract because he did finish 11-2 and two in 2021. Remember, that was the year that Peyton Thorne was their quarterback. Mel Tucker, he won five games at Colorado. He was a great defensive coordinator for the Georgia Bulldogs. I've always been a fan of Mel Tucker's. I was a fan of his when... He was an assistant coach, and he took over in uh, 2007 when uh, Bobby Petrino left. And I think that Mel Tucker, hopefully he'll get on his feet. He'll find something. Where does Michigan State go from here? Because it doesn't look good. In the last couple of years with Larry Nasser, now Mel Tucker, and uh, Mark D'Antono, I mean, I know that they want to get Mark D'Antono back in uh, the coach's box. And I know that character is a big issue when it comes to finding your next head coach. And Michigan State, which is a decent football team, but they've always been little brother to Michigan and Ohio State. Sometimes Michigan will make the college football playoff every now and then, and they've had Pretty good quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins and Connor Cook. But I think that Michigan State probably needs to give this to a young, hot coordinator. But I know that the wish list is Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is going to make a difference at Michigan State day one. But I just don't know if that is the right fit because of the whole character issue. Because Urban Meyer's got his problems, too. But you have to admit that he is one great college football coach. All right, I was going to get into it because right now, as we speak, as I'm doing this on Wednesday night, the Atlanta Braves are taking on the Chicago Cubs, and they were down 3-1. to one. And unfortunately, the Cubs did put up a run in the top of the ninth inning. What does this mean? Well, the Braves are not going to be able to clinch that number one seed just Yet, that magic number is still one game. Dodgers are taking on the Rockies right now. It is tied at one. I just want to see the Atlanta Braves get healthy for the postseason, get that number one seed. The first round of the wild card games will start on Tuesday, October the 3rd. 
We already know that the Phillies and the Brewers are going to be hosting wild card games for the National League. Everything else is up in the air, especially in the American League. The Tampa Bay Rays, they could still win the division. It's, yeah, it's shocking, but you know the Baltimore Orioles do have the number one seed in the American League, and there is a possible chance that the Tampa Bay Rays could still win the division. But the Major League Baseball playoffs will start next week, and I love Major League Baseball. Love the playoffs. It is going to be great. I just want to see the Atlanta Braves get healthy. Hopefully, Max Freed will be on the postseason roster, and he could pitch game one. If not game one, let Spencer Strider pitch game one. I think the Braves' rotation is going to be healthy enough for them to be the favorites to come out of the National League. My early World Series pick, well, I'm picking the Braves and the Orioles. Although, look out for the Houston Astros. Right now, they would be a number six seed, and they would definitely be a favorite against the Minnesota Twins, even though the Twins would have home field advantage in that wild card round. All right, it is time for my NBA preview show. Yes, the 2023 NBA season is fast approaching. We got preseason games that's coming up. The first game is actually October the 5th. You got NBA training camp coming up. So I looked up on Bleacher Report, the over and under win total for every single NBA team. As you remember last year, the Denver Nuggets beat the Miami Heat. The Heat were a number eight seed. They upset the Bucks, And you could play the what if game. What if the Atlanta Hawks do not win the play-in game and the Hawks end up playing the Bucks and the Heat end up playing the Celtics? I think about that too. Let's start with the Atlanta Hawks, not because they're the local team in Georgia, because they're on my list alphabetically. The over-under win total for the Atlanta Hawks is 41.5, which means they're a borderline playoff team. And I, I'm going to hope, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, I, I hope to have the play-by-play -play announcer, Steve Holman, on the show. He has agreed to come on the George Alabama Sports Live show with me and Thrift Behringer. Um, if not, looking at his schedule, uh, hopefully I could get him on one of the shows. So we could talk about the Atlanta Hawks losing John Collins. But I do think they got a little bit of depth when healthy. The Atlanta Hawks, I think, are going to go over their win total from uh, their over and under total. Yes, they did lose John Collins, but Clint Capella, pretty good center, win healthy. Sadiq Bey is now the starting power forward. And when is DeAndre Hunter going to be completely healthy and be that two-way player that we hoped that he would become? Kobe Bufkin the rookie from Michigan. He is the backup point guard to Trey Young. You got the backcourt with Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. Bogdan Boganovich coming off the bench. I hope that he has a great season and he starts getting hot from three-point range and maybe he could be a candidate to win sixth man of the year. And the addition of Patty Mills. So the Atlanta Hawks are going to have some shooters. I think they're going to be a little bit better than what Bleacher Report says. Bleacher Report says they're going to be a team with 41 wins. All right. The Boston Celtics. 
So the Celtics lose to the Miami Heat in the West in Eastern Conference Finals. The Celtics have always been a team that just couldn't quite get over the hump, even though they went to the NBA Finals two years ago. Look, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are two superstars. And Al Horford, a great, savvy veteran, they got a lot of pieces, but they lost Grant Williams. They lost Marcus Smart. With the addition of Christoph Porzingis, the Celtics are better offensively. But I think they lost a step defensively, losing Marcus Smart to the Memphis Grizzlies. All right, the Brooklyn Nets have not been the same since the big three left. It's been a disaster. They tried to make it work with James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. We all know that one year they were a a three-pointer away from making it to the Eastern Conference Finals in 2021. The Bucs ended up going instead of them. That really was their shot. And then the pandemic happened where Kyrie Irving refused to get vaccinated. He cost the Brooklyn Nets their season. They got swept by the Celtics. Last year, they blew up the team. They didn't even make the playoffs. They got some decent pieces, but, you know, do they have any draft picks? Because now this team is going to have to rebuild. Nick Claxton, Cameron Johnson, Spencer Dinwiddle, Ben Simmons, is he going to play for the Brooklyn Nets? Is he going to be trade bait? The over and under has got the Brooklyn Nets at 37. And that sounds about right. By the way, the Celtics over and under 54. I'm wondering if that changes now that Damian Lillard is now a Milwaukee Buck. All right, the Charlotte Hornets. You know, the big question is the health of LaMelo Ball. Brandon Miller, the number two overall pick, is going to have a good season, but they got the Hornets at 30.5. The Chicago Bulls are at 36.5. Huge loss. Lonzo Ball going to be out for the season. You know, I really want to see the Chicago Bulls do well, but uh, that is going to hurt. Hey, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they were the surprise of the league last year. Their over-under win total is 50.5. They got the addition of Max Struess. I like that. The Dallas Mavericks, their win total, 44.5. A full season of Kyrie Irving. They got Grant Williams on the defense. I think the Mavericks are going to be a playoff team. The Denver Nuggets, the defending NBA champions, their over-under win total, 53.5. And I think that they're, they've got to be the favorites to repeat. Even though the West is stacked, you got teams like the Phoenix Suns. You know the Golden State Warriors are going to be better. The Lakers are going to be better because all those pieces they got in midseason, now they can just roll into the Western Conference with a great regular season record. The Detroit Pistons, uh, Cade Cunningham's going to come back from that injury, so it's like getting another draft pick. Usar Thompson is the rookie that is coming in. And then also they have Jaden Ivey. I think that the Detroit Pistons have a pretty good backcourt. And then I like James Wiseman. I think James Wiseman could improve for the Detroit Pistons. That was just a player the Warriors just decided to just get rid of because they felt he was no good. Well, the over and under has got the Pistons at 28.5. You got, and I'm, I'm going to try to get through this before we get to break. Uh, the Golden State Warriors, they lost Jordan Poole, but they got Chris Paul. 48.5. The Houston Rockets, Amen Thompson is coming in. 
with Jalen Green, Jabari Smith Jr. The Rockets are a very young team. They're going to be very interesting to watch. I like the Pacers. Their rookie, uh, Jerace Walker, along with Tyrese Halliburton and Benedict Matherin. I'm a fan of what the Pacers are doing. They're still a young team. The Clippers is the biggest mystery. Their over-under win total is 46.5. If Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are healthy, and Russell Westbrook could be the X factor, he could provide that spark coming off the bench. I think the Clippers can be a team in the West to look out for. The Lakers, I mean, getting Christian Wood, but they're going to get Rui Hachimura for a full season. Austin Reeves is going to be the point guard of the future. LeBron's getting up there in age, and AD with that big comp, uh, contract extension. The Clippers are, are the Lakers with Darvin Ham in his second season. I hate to say this, but the Lakers are favorite to win the NBA title. I think that they could get all the pieces to get it work. They could get it going. The Memphis Grizzlies, remember, John Morant's going to be suspended for 25 games. They got Marcus Smart, but they've lost Dylan Brooks. I think they're going to lose that energy on defense, but Marcus Smart is going to fill the void while John Morant serving his 25-game suspension. The Miami Heat, I don't think they're going to duplicate going to the NBA Finals. They were a nominally last year. Number eight seed, they upset the Milwaukee Bucks. Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, they were like magic, like they were in the bubble in 2020. The Miami Heat have to be the luckiest team in the NBA. To reach the NBA Finals in two years, two seasons in the last three seasons. and But they're going to lose all their role players. Max Struess, Gabe Vincent are both gone. Remember Tyler Hero, when he was injured, he came back. Victor Oladipo, I mean, they had all these players. Kyle Lowry is getting up there in age. The over and under win total for the Miami Heat, 48.5, by the way. Now, this over under win total was before the Damian Lillard trade. I think that the Milwaukee Bucks have probably improved their win total to 55.5. There's a good chance the Bucks could win 60 games. Damian Lillard makes them that good. And then the Timberwolves, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, still got a good team. They're, they're a borderline play-in team. When we get into the play-in tournament, I think the Timberwolves are right there. Same with the New Orleans Pelicans. Even if Zion Williamson has a full season, they also have Jonas Valanciunas, and they have Brandon Ingram. They got some all-stars. They got C.J. McCollum. The New York Knicks, the acquisition of Dante DiVincenzo might provide a spark. I do like what the Knicks have done making the playoffs. Jalen Brunson is a pretty decent player. Julius Randle, although he shrinks in big games. They got the Knicks at 44.5, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Cason Wallace, a brand new rookie. And Chet Holmgren coming back from that big injury. I think the Oklahoma City Thunder are a borderline play-in team with uh, Shai Gilgis-Alexander and then Jalen Williams and Josh Giddy, a very young team for the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Orlando Magic, uh, Paolo Boncaro coming back for his second season. They got a couple of decent rookies. I'm interested to see them. Anthony Black and, and uh, Jet Howard might make a, a 
some contributing factors for the Orlando Magic, but they're they're not going to be a playoff team. They they're projected to win 36 games. The Sixers could possibly lose James Harden as he might be on the trade block. There's talks that he might want to go back to the Rockets. The Sixers at 49 and a half wins. It's the really the key is Tyrese Maxey, is he the superstar that's going to play alongside Joel Embiid? Because the Sixers do have some very good pieces. And, you know, Doc Rivers, no longer the coach on the Sixers. We'll see. And uh, I don't know if they are going to make the finals, but they are a team that is going to at least make the playoffs in the East. All right, we're almost finished. The Phoenix Suns. I mean, getting Bradley Bill was huge. I still don't think the Suns have the the defensive stoppers. They do have scoring, and they're going to put up a lot of points, and they're going to do great in the regular season. The Portland Trailblazers, like I already mentioned, they got DeAndre Ayton. They got Drew Holiday, Scoot Henderson. They're going to be a fun team to watch, but I don't see them as a playoff team in the West. You got the Sacramento Kings, who made history last year, making the playoffs for the first time since 2006. However, fell to the Golden State Warriors in the first round of the playoffs in five games. Seven games, I think. Yeah, it was a seven-game series. I don't know. It was a five-game series. The Sacramento Kings have a very young team. I love what De'Aaron Fox does. Keegan Murray, he's going to have a great second year. Harrison Barnes, he's got that championship experience. Domitatis Sabonis, they they got stars. I think the Sacramento Kings are ready to pop and uh, do something in the West. I, I seriously think the Kings are going to be right there as the one of the top teams in the Western Conference. The San Antonio Spurs, it's going to be a rebuilding year. Even with Victor Wimbenyama, they might be a play-in team. And Wimbenyama is going to have an impact. He's probably going to win Rookie of the Year. I'm going to predict that Wimbenyama is going to average, I'm going to say 19 points, 10 rebounds, and two blocks per game. That's a pretty good stat line. You could quote me on that later when the NBA season is over. And then the Toronto Raptors, they lose Fred Van Fleet. Grady Dick, a rookie from Kansas, comes to the Raptors. I don't know what the Raptors are going to look like without Nick Nurse. I thought he was a great head coach. I cannot believe they got rid of him. The Utah Jazz, I think that Taylor Hendricks are going to be a pretty good rookie. The addition of John Collins. Walker Kessler had a great season last year. I think he is going to step up. Could be a possible all-star for the Utah Jazz. And finally, the Washington Wizards with Bilal Kulabay and Jordan Poole. It's going to be rebuilding time for the Washington Wizards. I do not see them as a playoff team. I will have more on the NBA. Uh, hopefully. In the next couple of weeks, Thrift Behringer and I, which, by the way, we're both huge basketball fans, we are excited to talk about the NBA. And with the NBA season about a month away, it's getting ready for basketball time, and I cannot wait. Do I have a finals prediction? Yeah, sure. Why not? I'm going to say it's the Golden State Warriors and the Milwaukee Bucks. There you go. All right. That is going to do it for the show here on the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. 
I do want to thank everybody out there that has watched this show and has subscribed to the YouTube channel and liked the Facebook page. But don't forget, you can also catch a replay of the show. It's found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcast. It's going to be a very big weekend of sports. Uh, you got some college football games coming up. Uh, you got Utah taking on Oregon State on Friday night. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, let's see what the Thursday night games are. You got Middle Tennessee State taking on Western Kentucky. Temple taking on Tulsa. And Jacksonville State taking on Sam Houston. Those are the Thursday night games. The Deep South's oldest rivalry, 3.30 kickoff at CBS. And it is Georgia taking on Auburn. And this is my favorite rivalry because both schools we cover here in the Chattahoochee Valley along with Alabama. Alabama is in Starkville taking on Mississippi State. And so it's going to be a great, exciting weekend of college football and high school football. Friday, I'm going to have my high school football preview review show. We are going to preview week seven. And don't forget all the local coverage that you can catch here in the Chattahoochee Valley to include Sports Visions Radio Show with DJ Jones and Thrip Berenger. You can catch it on Smooth R&B 92.1 in Columbus, Georgia from 4 to 6. Also on the Sports Visions Facebook page. That will do it for me. Hope everybody has a great rest of your night. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye, everybody. At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy. Because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. Good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. When you really need something to get you through a long graduation ceremony, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bursting Crawlers, the worm's soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors will give everyone a reason to celebrate. So when you want to notch the festivities up a couple degrees, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect way for everyone to celebrate. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. This is Austin Black, and I am the host of Behind the Tunes. Have you ever wondered about the stories behind your favorite songs and the journeys of those that sing them? Well, each week, we invite you to go behind the tunes and step into the stories behind your favorite Christian artists that shape the landscape of today's music. Hey everybody, this is Andy Crispin. Join me this week for worship as I play two hours of the best in modern worship music from churches and worship leaders around the world. And this week, my special guest is Blake Goss of New Spring Worship. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not perceive it. I'm making ways in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. For us, that scripture came alive because he did a new thing actually in an old place. You don't want to miss a moment of this week's worship with me, your host, Andy Crispin. WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, home of Southern Sports and Talk, Noonan, Sharpsburg, Franklin.
schedules. All right, let's move on now from high school football. Let's talk on some college. Let's talk about Auburn first and foremost. I saw an article written about Brian Harson and how he left the cupboard bare for Hugh Freeze. And it showed this past Saturday. For one, losing Bo Nix was the worst thing that's ever happened in this Auburn program in the last five years. You're seeing what he's doing for Oregon. You have a Bo Nix. I think he can negate some of the problems they have on that offensive line. But the talent disparity you saw in Aggieland on Saturday at 12 o'clock was very obvious. And I didn't like what I saw from this Auburn team. I, I, I was thinking eight and four it would be a great season. I know Auburn fans, when they saw undefeated, could thought they maybe could upset Alabama and Georgia because they both are having down years. I don't care if they're having down years. Talent-wise, they're not even close to competing with those teams yet. Peyton Thorne, he, he's not it at quarterback. I, I don't want to no. put the blame on him because he didn't have a lot of time. But when you get hit and you're all of a sudden doing that tuck the ball and all fall down to the ground without looking at receivers, maybe you're going to take a hard lick. But if you can get the ball out to an open guy, they have playmakers on this Auburn team. Weren't able to run the football at all. Auburn just gets it gets dominated. And now they've taken on the old Deep South's oldest rivalry this week in Georgia. I don't think it's going to be a game that hasn't been a game since 2019, in which Auburn lost by seven. Ever since then, it's been games dominated by Georgia and their defense and Auburn's had a tough time offensively to move the football in any of those games. I think it happens again this Saturday, but going back to last Saturday, this is all on Brian Harson. So give you freeze time to get his players, just like with Dion. If it's that big of a gap in which the, the Texas A&M defense, they gave up 48 points and five touchdown passes to Tyler Van Dyke in Miami gave up six points, excuse me, not six, ten points, and really none offensively because they had a scoop and score. Just a just a bad performance from, from Auburn. It truly was. They only had two total yards in the third quarter. It was the Auburn defense that kept them in that game. Carter Wegman for Texas A&M did get injured. Max Johnson came in through two touchdown passes. Remember, Texas A&M has a lot of talent. They had the number one recruiting class two years ago. And Jimbo Fisher's kind of on the hot seat. This was a must-win game for Texas A&M because they do have LSU, Alabama coming up. They play Ole Miss this Saturday. So there's just – or they no, they, they play them in a couple of days, a couple of weeks, and Texas A&M needed this win. Now as for Auburn, yes, they are playing on the Plains, Deep South's oldest rivalry. I always look forward to it because us covering sports here in Columbus, we have a mixture of Auburn and Georgia fans. Columbus and does and Alabama. Yeah, we got to throw in Alabama too. It's really Georgia, Auburn, and Alabama. Columbus is only 45 minutes from Auburn. I would have to say that Columbus feels more like an Auburn town, even though we're in Columbus, Georgia. Yes, we do have a lot of Georgia fans in Columbus, but I get the vibe that we cover Auburn because they are in the Chattahoochee Valley. I mean, so, they, and they are, they are close, Richard. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be willing to say that there's a lot of Georgia fans in here and they've come out the woodwork too, since Georgia's that's been true. more relevant. Um, but just Auburn, just not even close. Georgia had a tune up game against UAB. I think they dominate Carson Beck. I don't even think they get off to a slow start. In my opinion, maybe, maybe first quarter, it'll be a close game. Um, but this is when Georgia starts hitting their stride 
in week five. They're 4-0, looking to go 5-0 against this Auburn team. On the road, it is in Jordan-Hare Stadium. It's a true road game for Georgia. But if you can't block A&M, good luck blocking Georgia. All right, moving on from them, let's talk. We talked Georgia. They beat UAB. I had a lot of fun, by the way. Thank you to DJ Jones, Sports Visions, covering the game. Um, was closer than the experts think in that first half, 28-17. to 17. They ended up dominating the second half and won 49-24. But let's talk about Alabama. This Alabama team is not going to be the team you've seen since 2018, which they've scored 40 points a game every year, it seems like. They've had Bryce Young, Tua Tagovailoa, Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones, they don't have that at quarterback this year. They got something like a the running version, okay? Running version of like a Jacob Coker or I'm I'm forgetting the quarterback's name, um Blake Sims in 2014. Now I wouldn't not, not even close to McCarron, but those guys were game managers that could do the intermediate passes, use their legs when they needed to. Jalen Melrose is more of a use his legs all the time, get the running game going, and deep threat passes. But, again, a game manager, and you're going to need great defense, just like you did in those seasons to win. They do got a good defense. They held Lane Kiffin, poor Lane Kiffin. I mean, my man struggled. We Sports Vision's radio show every Monday and Thursday, 4 to 6 p.m. on 92.1 Smooth R&B. Me and DJ were talking about this game with Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama magazine. And he said, I mean, Lane looked de- dejected. This was his one opportunity to finally take on and beat his mentor, Nick Saban. And they just couldn't do it. They were just – they had no offensive running game. Quinshawn Jenkins was a non-threat. Uh, Jackson Dart looked putrid and look mediocre, and a great win for Alabama. They still got some losable games. Um, they play Mississippi State this week at Mississippi State. Then they got A&M. They still got LSU. Still got Tennessee. Those are losable games, but a big win for Coach Saban in Alabama. And I think they found their identity, too, um, as they Jalen Milrow is definitely going to be the starting quarterback. There is no debate in that. Big win for Alabama. They take on Mississippi State this week. I think they dominate that game as well. Um, But give me your thoughts against Ole Miss this past Saturday, Richard. I thought that Alabama's offense looked the same as it has all season. It was the defense that stepped up. It was 7-6. Ole Miss's offense just did not show up to this game. I mean, they really choked. They had an opportunity. Nick Nick Saban's defense completely dominated Lane Kiffin's offense. Usually right. Lane Kiffin is the one that will move the ball down the field against Alabama. He's done it in the past and he had an, a huge opportunity to do that with creative play calling, opening up the field and getting those receivers open in space. Jackson Dart making some of those throws, those timely throws, but he had no time to throw the football and he looked suspect in Alabama's defense, shut them out. And I think that the biggest turning point is when it was 7-6 to six and Ole Miss was driving down the field, to at least kick a field goal and to go up 10-6 to six at the half would be huge for Ole Miss. When they missed that field goal, I knew that Alabama was going to find a way to win. Ole Miss kept Alabama in that game, and all Alabama needs to do is a big play to wild up that crowd and to get them excited. And when you get down on Alabama's defense, 
it's hard to recover from that. And Ole Miss let one slip away. They did. And Alabama now continuing as them or LSU. We talked with Mr. College Football on the Sports Visions radio show, and we talked about this. We talked about, you know, is Alabama done? And he says, not even close. And so that was a great interview and glad that I was able to uh, do that and excited about what we got coming up with Sports Visions. But moving on from Alabama, let's talk a little bit about Prime. One thing I want to say is media likes to bring someone up to tear them down. Roster-wise, they're not ready for the Oregons. Give them three years, they'll be fine. I know everybody lo- loves to beat down uh, Deion Sanders. Josh paid the late kick, was talking about this as Deion Tax. Many people thought he was already <laughs> ready to win a national championship in year one. No, they're not. And coaches do want to go after a guy that comes into their profession and doesn't have to do near the hard work. And I'm not saying he's not a hard worker. What I'm saying is Dion didn't have to take the same route that a lot of these coaches have. And so that frustrates them. And then he's coming in with a lot of flair and he's getting a lot of notoriety. And they're feeling like it's not deserving in their opinion. So if they're going to take their shots, they better take them early. And Dan Lanning did, and they dominated. And Bo Nix looks great. Um, but, I mean, Colorado's going 75-8-4 this year. Maybe, probably even 6-6. Six and six. They got a couple of losable games on their their season. They got next week at home against USC. USC's defense is not as good as Oregon's. Um, but that Colorado defense is bad. And if Bo Nix was able to put on a show – what do you think Caleb Williams is going to do, too? Oh, he's going to light it up. Uh, with Colorado, you get what you get. It is Dion. It is Coach Prime. They're a couple years away. Yes, I mean, Travis Hunter would have made a little bit of a difference, but I still think Oregon would have blew them out. Oregon was just a better team. They had better players, and it was at Autzen Stadium. That's a hard place to play. You know, Colorado's had a fine season up to this point. This does not defy their season. I know that all the bandwagon fans have have fallen off and they don't want to watch Colorado anymore. No, I mean, big noon kickoff is going to be in Boulder at noon. I mean, the USC game is still going to be a big game. Colorado is still going to be a big draw. It's one loss. And I think that Colorado is exceeding their expectations because the win total over under win total was 2.5 wins for Colorado this year. And they have three so far. And I I do believe in what Coach Prime is doing, and he's doing it in a different way. There's no no wrong way to skin a cat. Coach Prime is doing it in a different way. He's got two coordinators who are former head coaches. When you have a good coaching staff around you, you're able to recruit players and buy into your system. And I can understand the jealousy from the other coaches that have been doing it for 30 plus years. But Coach Prime is, is going to be fine. You got the Colorado fans. He's put them on the map. I mean, now there's people that are huge Colorado fans that, you know, were maybe casual Colorado fans in, in the in the state of Colorado. I agree with you, Richard. And I think that it's uh it's gonna take some time, but let's not get mad. And there's two games quickly I do want to talk about that would like you obviously saw from the coaches, it meant a lot to them to get these wins for their programs. One, Ohio State beating Notre Dame, that goal line touchdown. I was there um, watching it on my phone as I'm coming back 
from the Georgia game covering the, against UAB. And it was a big-time win for Ohio State. Many people thought Notre Dame were going to win. You saw Brian Days coming out going after an 86-year-old Lee Holt, Lou Holtz, who I didn't even know was still <laughs> relevant. Like, he, he's been gone since 2013 before uh, the SEC added on. Honestly, I think they he may have been gone even before that. He's well, no, gone. he was thrift. He was part of the greatest show college uh college sport uh college final with mark may remember yeah but that's what i'm saying it's been it's been a long time and i didn't even know he was still relevant but ron day calls him out big win kyle mccord does what he needs to do enough to win their defense this is the question was if it's a hard-hitting tough nose defensive ball game can ohio state win the previous couple years when they've had to do that against a smash mouth team like Michigan, they've lost. So Ryan Day, in his opinion, this was big for his program to go on the road in a hostile environment and to beat Notre Dame the way they did. I think Ohio State's one of the favorites to win it all this year, one of the biggest wins um, this season. And the other game, Richard, and I'll let you talk about both of them, Florida State, get that monkey off its back. Its first win against Clemson since 2014. I mean, they just not have had any success against Dabo Sweeney and Florida State. That was the premier robbery from 2011 to 2014. Both those programs are going back and forth. Who's going to take hold of the ACC? And obviously, Clemson ended up winning that. Jimbo Fisher leaves. We've seen the coaching carousel at Florida State. Big win. Jordan Travis was phenomenal. And uh, to come up and do upset Clemson in overtime. Remember, Clemson missed a, a field goal because they oh. had a kicker who wasn't even on the roster a few weeks ago. Inexcusable. Dabo Sweeney obviously now has two losses. And, yeah, and uh, Jimmy Cash, just don't forget Lou Holtz. He was at the South Carolina. He did coach at Notre Dame. Lou Holtz, and he was at Arkansas. This is when Arkansas was in the Southwest back in the early 80s. Also, didn't he coach the Jets? Uh, it did have a little stint in the NFL, but like I think if like for one season, maybe. But big win for Florida State to go on the road and Death Valley. Still a good Clemson roster. Now you're looking if you're Dabo, obviously you're gonna have to make internal changes because you're losing your grip on the ACC. You don't to do the transfer portal, and you're seeing the quarterbacks are not panning out the way they have after Trevor Lawrence. You having all those from 2015 to 2021, they made the or 2020. They made the playoff every single year. That's five straight seasons, six straight seasons. They made the playoff, two national championships, made three of four of them, uh, went two and two. And then now you're seeing a program that nine and three and 10 and two is going to look like a pretty good year this year. I think they'll upset North Carolina. They may be the Clemson team. They're going to still get some good wins, um, but this is, they're not about good wins. They're winning about winning national championships, but Jordan Travis, Going on the road, Mike Novell getting this win, able to find a way, even though everything was stacked against him. Clemson probably should have won. Florida State and Ohio State were my winners this Saturday. First of all, I'm going to talk about Florida State and Clemson, and then I'll touch up on Ohio State and Notre Dame. I hope that Dabo Sweeney embraces the transfer portal because Clemson's expectations – remember, there was four straight years that Clemson was in the college football playoff – National champions in 16. They were the number one seed in 17 with Kelly Bryant. Remember, Alabama upset them in the college football playoff. They won the national championship with Trevor Lawrence in 18. 
They went back to the national championship in tre with Trevor Lawrence and lost to LSU. That was four years of dominance by Clemson. A but dynasty. you not even mention in 2015, they were undefeated, lost to Alabama Wong. in the national, yeah. national exactly. championship. And in 2020, they lost in the semifinals to Ohio State. So a dominant run by Clemson, and it's it looks like it's over with. It, it, I believe it is over. Florida State really is in the driver's seat for the college football playoff. But watch out for that Miami game. That's going to be a tough it's game, be, I And think. they still got North Carolina. They're a good That's program. True. Duke, they got a big game against Notre Dame. That's where game day is going to be this weekend. They're a good program. Louisville's undefeated. Syracuse is undefeated. There's a lot to still play for. It's still up for grabs. Obviously, the favorite is Florida State, but it's still up for right. grabs. Ohio State, though, what do you take away from that game, Richard? My thoughts on that, first of all, Josh Pate, Once Upon a Saturday Tour. Did you watch wow. that? Absolutely amazing that he gets to witness a game like that after the week before he got to witness that 61-yard walk-off field goal by Missouri. And guess what? He is going to be at the Plains this week for Georgia and Auburn, so that's pretty cool. Uh, but Kyle McCord, he's only a freshman. There were times in this game he had a third and 19. He had a fourth and nine. He had a third and 10. And it seemed like Ohio State's backs were against the wall. Notre Dame stopped them once when they were up 14 to 10. They got them on a fourth down. Okay, Notre Dame's got the ball with a 14-10 lead. So now all you got to do is just eat up clock and let Ohio State burn all their timeouts. I would say don't even give them the ball back because you know if Kyle McCord gets the ball back again, Ohio State's chances increase by my marching down and getting a score. Now, Notre Dame did get a couple of first downs. That was great and everything. I thought that Marcus Freeman actually played a little too conservatively, and they pumped the football back to Ohio State. And Kyle McCord, really, this was his staple win. This was his coming out party. I know that he was criticized in the beginning of the season that Ohio State looked flat against Indiana, against Youngstown State. But Ohio State, I mean, there's a reason why they were number one in the JP poll. I mean, they do have a lot of talent. And even though they play Penn State at the horseshoe, they got to go to Wisconsin. You know, we, we just don't know with Luke Fickle in Wisconsin. And is this the year they finally beat Michigan? Uh, uh, Ryan Day has been 0-2 the last two years. Yeah, I mean, Michigan's got a win streak on Ohio State. I, I think Ohio State is another dark horse to get to the college football playoff. I think so, too. And thank you, uh, Mr. Greeny. Thank you so much for tuning in. Love you, my brother, guy that I went to school with. By the way, I'm going to hit you up because I love for you to, for you and your company to be a sponsor for all the live streams we do football-wise. Get your graphic up there. And also um, for these shows, we need sponsors for this show. So I'll be contacting you, Cole, here momentarily. But, Richard, let's talk real quick before we get out of here. Only NFL team we're going to hit on is the Falcons. Falcons get, get pushed around and bullied. Uh, by a Detroit team that's got a good defense. Remember, they were pretty good against Kansas City. I thought this was probably one of the tougher games. If you looked at that Falcon schedule, this is one of their tougher games they have on. It's not a very strong schedule. Um, Tampa Bay loses. New Orleans loses. You're still tied atop the division. But if you can't run the football, which the Lions said, listen, we're going to put 10 in the box, and we're going to make Desmond Ritter beat us. And guess what he didn't do? He didn't beat them. He didn't look good. I'm not a believer in him, and I think he's going to be the reason why – they could make the playoffs, but why I don't think they'll make a run in the playoffs because eventually when you get there to that level, teams are going to try to 
negate and minimize your your strength. So your weakness has got to be something that is not going to be your Achilles heel. And Desmond Ritter is that right now. I And I'm not hearing that he didn't have enough time. The line didn't do a great job blocking, but not a great job play calling for Arthur Smith. And no. don't tell me he doesn't have weapons. London was open. I mean, they still have Kyle Pitts. They get the, the, the running backs out of the backfield and Robinson and Algiers. I'm not understanding it at all. I don't. The defense did fine. They only lost 20 to 6. Uh, but Ritter's got to show me something more than he is now because I feel like we're wasting a season that, and, and especially the next three or four years, the roster's going to start panning out as one of the top rosters in the NFL. You don't want to turn into a program and an organization which you got talent everywhere except for at quarterback. You don't want to be the, the Bears back in 06 when they were so close to winning a Super Bowl, but they had Rex Grossman as their starting quarterback. Anybody else the leader for that that organization, they probably beat the Colts in the Super Bowl. Falcons, I'm hoping they get it right with Ritter. They do play Jacksonville. I think they beat Jacksonville because they got <laughs> – they got crushed by uh, Houston, D'Amico, Ryans, and C.J. Stroud. This Jacksonville team's one and two. I think they're going to be one and three. It is a London game, but again, I it's every game's really up for grabs. Even games that are winnable, and a lot of these games are winnable on their schedule. But you just never know with the way the Raiders playing. I thought that the Falcons' offensive line played absolutely horrific. Desmond Ritter had seven; uh, he was sacked seven times. They only ran the ball 10 times with Bijan Robinson. Even if the Lions are going to stack the box, you still feed the rock to Bijan Robinson. He is the reason why the Falcons are able to move the ball in the previous games. And their identity needs to be a power run team first and a stout defense. And that's what Arthur Smith did as the offensive coordinator with the Tennessee Titans. He ran the rock with Derrick Henry. He needs to get back to that offensive identity. I agree, Thrift, that Arthur Smith did not have any creative play calling. Yes, the Lions defense is good, but I don't think that they're an elite defense. I mean, they, they could be a top 10 defense, but they're not an all-time defense. I mean, this was embarrassing that the Falcons only scored six points. Yes, they're playing a good team on the road. It's only one loss. The good news is the Buccaneers and the Saints both lost. So all three teams are two and one. And I'm looking at the schedule and, you know, they play the Jaguars. I think they're going to win that game. And then they play the Houston Texans and then they play the Washington Commanders. I mean, it's really all there for the Falcons, not only to win the division, but to make the playoffs for the first time since 2017. Well, thank you so much for everybody that tuned in. Thank you to all our sponsors that have been Alliance Specialty Contractors, the Menifee Agency. Um, Alliance Specialty Contractors has got a huge event coming up for contractors out there. You want to expand your brand, this is for you. January 6th and 7th, contact Alliance Specialty Contractors for more information. And then it's going to be a brand, a, a huge um, thing going on at the Columbus Trade Center January 6th and 7th, all day. Um, and thank you to Masterwall. Thank you to Zaxby's. Thank you to Sports Visions, Morehouse School of Medicine, PAB Broadcasting, everyone that made this possible. Alex Quinney, Allstate Agency. Terry Johnson, Allstate Agency. You want to quote today, call Terry and Jeremy Crosby. We had a lot of fun. We got a doubleheader on Friday, Thursday, Sports Vision Radio Show, 4 to 6 p.m. Also tune into the Sports Beat, Richard Holdridge, his podcast he does every day. And we got a big one on Friday. Game day live from Russell County. 
then on that later that night, Russell County Valley, Richard will be on the call, and then I'll be on the call with Rick Beach for Harris County as they get take on number one, Sandy Creek. From Richard Aldrich, I'm Thrift Barron just saying thank you so much for tuning in tonight, and we will hope you have a God-bless, great rest of your week, and we'll see you on Friday. Thank you so much. The Baxters have a new first book. From number one New York Times bestselling novelist Karen Kingsbury, author of life-changing fiction, comes The Baxters, a prequel. The heart-pounding story of Carrie Baxter's wedding. Amidst family tension and the worst storm Bloomington, Indiana has seen in a decade. The Baxters, by America's favorite inspirational storyteller, Karen Kingsbury. Visit KarenKingsbury.com for more information. The Baxters, available now wherever books are sold. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Calvary Sonoy Fellowship is an expository Bible teaching church where we study the Word of God line by line and we apply it life by life. We're here every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock on WQEE and we look forward to having you join us. Our church offices are located in Sonoy, Georgia, 6855 Highway 16, Suite 102, Sonoy, Georgia. If you'd like to call us, our number is 770-755. 8243. Or you can reach me, I'm Pastor Bob, at bob at calvarysenoy.org, S-E-N-O-I-A. You also can go to our website at www.calvarysenoy.org. You can reach our YouTube channel there, as well as our Facebook page. Join us at 10 o'clock right here on WQEE. You are listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM The Key from 2 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. This is a local podcast that covers Columbus sports and beyond. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.